Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. We'll be right back with today's guest, but we want to give a shout out to our partners, We Coach, the Florida Coaches Coalition, the Global Community of Women in High School Sports, and Vital Signs. These are four great organizations. You really need to add them to your network. And now don't hit that fast forward button. Take the next three minutes. Listen to our sponsorship shout outs. These are all products that I used as an athletic director. You should use them, too. Here we go. We want to say thanks to Home Campus, which is the official exclusive high school and state association information management platform for the podcast. Home Campus is your one-stop platform for scheduling, student-athlete eligibility and clearance, state association networking, and more. I used Home Campus every day as an athletic director, and the Home Campus team was great to work with. For more information, go to home-campus.com to get signed up. That's home-campus.com. We also want to say thanks to Gipper. Go to gipper.com. See how athletic directors are creating world-class graphics to promote their teams, their athletes, and their uh, coaches using uh, the Gipper platform. There's thousands of templates. It's easily customized to any device. Go to gipper.com. Mention you heard it on the podcast. They'll give you a nice discount. That's gipper.com. We also want to say thanks to Hometown Ticketing. Hometown is the leading digital ticketing provider to schools and colleges. They're going to show you how to set up and sell tickets for all your events, not just sports, but plays, concerts, dances, even graduation. Go to hometownticketing.com to get started. That's hometownticketing.com. We also want to say thanks to District 1. That's W-O-N. Go to district1.com. Check out their uniform packages. They're custom they're uh, individualized. You get shipping in 20 days or less, and you can order one piece at a time. You never have to order a full set uh, when you only need one or two replacements. Stop waiting on late deliveries. Go to District 1. That's W-O-N. You're going to feel like you've won. District1.com. We also want to say thank you to Sideline Interactive Indoor Score Tables and Video Boards. Go to sidelineinteractive.com right now. Schedule a live web demo and see their tables and their boards in action. Probably one of the best purchases I ever made was our Sideline Interactive Indoor Score Table. They not only generate income for your department, they also create the ultimate game day experience for your student-athletes. That's sidelineinteractive.com. We also want to thank Huddle. Go to huddle.com. Change the way you see the game. As a football coach, I used Huddle for years, but when I became an athletic director, I made sure our school was a Huddle school. And our coaches, our athletes, uh, everybody in our program just loved the tools that Huddle provided for us. At Huddle, we believe in sports and teams believe in Huddle. Join the 6 million users. Turn your school into a Huddle school. That's Huddle.com. We also want to thank Snap Mobile. Go to snapraise.com. Check out their entire suite of platforms. There's Snap Connect, Snap Manage, Snap Store, and of course, Snap Raise, the fundraising platform. We use Snap Raise with great success, and so can you. They even have a program where you can get your funding before you actually start your fundraiser. Nobody else offers that. Go to snapraise.com. Check out the entire suite. That's snapraise.com. We want to say thanks to Wall of Fame by Vital Signs. You know, they're on a mission to bring your school's legacy to life. If you're looking for a really cool way to display your school records or your school's Hall of Fame, or just tell 
more compelling stories to better engage your audience, go to vitalsignswalloffame.com. Mention the podcast, they'll give you a nice discount too. That's vitalsignswalloffame.com. And we want to thank Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack. Go to athleticsurveys.com. They're going to create a custom survey for your school that's going to connect you with the 98% of your parents and student-athletes that love and support your program, along with the 2% that want to gripe about everything. You already hear from them. Let um, athletic surveys connect you with the other 98%. Take the pulse of your athletic department. Go to athleticsurveys.com to get started. That's athleticsurveys.com. This meeting is being recorded. Hey, welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. We've got a new friend to the show, Nick Bent from Vermont. Uh, I met Nick, uh, uh, I guess, a couple of months ago uh, when I was able to present to the Vermont uh, State AD Conference. Um, you know, Nick is the athletic director at Randolph Union High School. That's in Randolph, Vermont. Uh, and we're excited to have him on the show today. Nick, welcome to the Educational AD Podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here too. Never done anything like this, so it's going to be fun. Well, we, we hope it will be fun and, and give you a chance to, you know, share with our listeners. Let's go ahead and jump right in. We always like to let our listeners have a chance to get to know our guests. So give us that quick bio where you were born, where you grew up, maybe take us up through the college years as an undergrad, and then we'll take a break and then we'll come back. We'll hear about your early career. But what's the Nick Bent story? Yes, yeah, so I actually grew up right here in Randolph. Um, uh, went to elementary school just down the road from the high school. Um, I'm a, the youngest of, of four kids, all boys. Uh, so my mom had it pretty tough there, <laughs> really busy, having to worry about those injuries and stuff like that. Um, I'm really the only one of my siblings that was a real that was really an athlete growing up. I had a couple brothers that tried and played little league a little bit, a little bit of lacrosse, uh, but they never really stuck with it. I got, I'd say I got started with sports around t-ball time, and then I got into youth wrestling, and then uh, I actually only played three years of little league, um, I because I thought that little league was going to interfere with my wrestling, uh, and I was a pretty avid wrestler when I was younger. Um, uh, and then I found out it didn't interfere. So I continued with the little league and found out I was pretty, pretty stinking good at, at baseball and continued with that. Um, and then, uh, got into, you know, middle school and started playing, uh, soccer and transitioned from wrestling to basketball. Cause that's where all my friends were. Um, and then, you know, playing more baseball and I continued to do that, um, all the way up on through high school. I was a three sport athlete. I played sports every every single year. Um, sports were kind of the avenue that made me follow through on my academics. Um, so uh, if, if I wasn't, you know, doing my academics, I wasn't able to play sports. So I made sure that I was getting my work done so that I could play sports. Um, so yeah, I attended high school right here in, in Randolph. Um, and then uh, upon graduation, I attended Castleton, what used to be Castleton State College. Um, and it's now Castleton University. Well, actually, it's been rebranded again um, because of some of state college stuff. So now it, all the state colleges in Vermont are under the Vermont State University 
uh, umbrella, but they each have their own campuses. Um, but I went to Castleton. I silly, I elected not to play sports while I was there. Um, just uh, enrolled in the sports administration program right from the get-go. And I actually really thrived at Castleton because I found that I was doing academics that I really enjoyed. It basically came down to anything that involved athletics or sports or anything like that, I just absolutely loved. And I just went in full steam and ran with it and uh, absolutely loved it. Found some uh, really lifelong friends there, um, some good role models and mentors in, in uh, the academic world, people that I still keep in touch with uh, till this day. Um, and that, you know, graduated, well, I took a year break actually from Castleton, um, uh, right in the middle of my sophomore year and I joined the military, um, uh, the, the Army National Guard and um, as a way to supplement um, paying for college on, you know, because as we all know, college is pretty expensive now. So I needed something to help pay for that. So I joined the military partway through college, then got right back into the academic side of things and finished out, got my uh, bachelor's of science in sports administration. And then the journey after that started. Um, you, know, you mentioned uh, at Castleton, you're in the sports administration program. A uh, hundred years ago, when I was in college, um, they didn't have that. Uh, it was the old physical education PE major. You know, you were studying to become a teacher and a coach, and then somewhere along the line, you might go into athletic administration. There was one class, I remember it, uh, administration of a physical education and athletics program. One class, one textbook. I still have the textbook somewhere. Um, now, um, the sports management, athletic administration programs you know, are, are very popular. What were some of the different courses that you took as an undergrad that stick with you now as an athletic director that you're using principles or lessons that you learned in that class? Anything stick out for you? I'd probably say my event and facilities management class. Um, you know, in that class, you require, were required to do some uh some hours outside the class working at other colleges or within your college, um, helping run a, a sporting event. Um, the very first one that I remember doing is I went over to Green Mountain College, which is no longer a college anymore. It was a very small school, but I helped uh, run a cross country event. And, you know, you when you think about cross country, the outsider might think, well, they're just, they're just running, you know, you set up a course and, and they run and, you know, then that's all there is to it. But I found out there's quite a bit more to it, you know, making sure that those athletes go where they're supposed to go down, you know, right down to the timing of, of the events, because if those times aren't accurate, then you're, you're kind of cheating the athletes. Um, and you don't want to do that. You want to make sure that they're taken care of in that sense. So uh, yeah, events facility management um, sticks with me to this day. And when I, have athletic events here I'm, I'm pretty hard on myself and I want things to be you know run perfectly to the T you know and uh, I, my coaches tell me that I look calm cool and collected um, and I tell people I'm calm cool and collected and like I'm like a duck and I let the water roll off my back but in my head I you know I get I get pretty wound up but I guess I do a good job of hiding it because I I hold myself to a high standard and I want everything to run smoothly. 
Yeah, I mean, what a tremendous experience, you know, as a you know undergraduate student, you know, to be there on the front lines. And you're right, all the minutia that goes into running an event. Uh, going back to that class that I took, uh, I think they showed you how to create brackets for tournaments. I think that was about the only thing they talked about <laughs> on event management. But uh, very cool. Thanks for sharing that. For listeners, our guest today is Nicholas Bent. He's the athletic director at Randolph Union High School. That's in Randolph, Vermont. We're going to take our first break, but we'll be back with some more. So please stay with us. This is the Educational AD Podcast. This meeting is being recorded. We want to thank the good people at Home Campus for their support. Home Campus is the exclusive high school and state association management platform for the Educational AD Podcast. And it's also your one-stop platform for scheduling, for student-athlete eligibility and clearance, uh, state association connections, and so much more. As an athletic director, I used Home Campus every single day, and it was so easy to use. And the Home Campus team was just great to work with, and they'll be great with you, too. Uh, to find out more about Home Campus, go to home-campus.com and get signed up. That's home-campus.com. Check them out today. This meeting is being recorded. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Nick, you took us up through your college years uh, and, you know, the, your National Guard service. Thanks for your service, by the way. Um, what were some of those early teaching and coaching jobs? And talk a little bit about the your journey uh, of becoming an athletic director. Yeah, so out of college, I think a lot of people have this thought that, well, now I've got my degree, I'm going to plant myself in the job that I want. And uh, I don't think it typically goes that way unless maybe, you know, you went and got an education degree a lot, you know, everybody's always looking for teachers, not necessarily looking for athletic directors. Um, so I didn't actually get into a school right off the bat. I uh, ended up doing a laborer job and I worked some construction with a family friend for a little bit until I was eventually able to get a, a paraeducator job at BFA Fairfax. Um, and I, I worked in, a high, in high school classes primarily with, um, with freshmen in their English and social studies class. Um, in there, that's actually where I got my first coaching job. Um, I started coaching JVB boys basketball um, for Jerry Whittlack, who's still the AD up there. And, uh, you know, typically JVB is like a freshman team, but I had a real mix of um, some, I had some freshmen, I had a couple sophomores, and I even even had a junior on, on the basketball team. And that, um, that it was a kind of a, a rough group of kids, but they were a real pleasure uh, to work with. Uh, I love teaching the the X's and O's of really any sport, um, but basketball in particular is a lot of fun to me because of how fast it moves and you're kind of competing against the other coach in this chess match of working against their defenses and stuff like that. Um, so I got to uh, experience that. And then while at BFA Fairfax, you know, basketball season finished and I was just doing my paraeducator job. The spring seasons had kicked off. I had no intentions of coaching in the spring. Um, and a few girls on, on the JV softball team approached me and asked me if I'd be willing to step in and be their coach. Something had happened with, with their coach where 
um, it, they had to step away. I'm not sure exactly what. Um, so it's like, sure, why not? I know the game of baseball. I've coached a, I, I think I can coach softball. I'm, you know, my oldest brother is a softball coach, coached a, uh, um, travel softball team. He's pretty big into the pitching. So I was like, well, I can pick his brain on pitching and stuff like that. So I stepped up in the middle of the season, the spring season to coach JV softball. And, uh, that was a lot of fun. I, I had a really talented group of athletes there and, uh, really strong pitcher. And when you're playing softball, your pitcher can really make or break a team. You know, it is a team sport, but it's important to have somebody that can really throw those strikes for you. Um, and, uh, so yeah, I got to spread my knowledge of that. And, you know, Jerry saw the way I coached those, that group of girls and, you know, down to the way I coached bunting and, and teaching them how to hold the bat with a bunt. And she, she loved that. And, uh, the next year wasn't even a question if I was going to be coming back, I was coming back to be the JV softball coach. Um, so I coached, uh, I was at BFA Fairfax for two years. I ended up coaching. We didn't have enough for a JVB boys basketball team. So I coached JV girls basketball with a team of 14, um, which is quite a bit to have on a, on a JV team when you're trying to get somewhat equal playing time. So that was a uh, task in its own right. But I, I managed and we got it done. Um, and then I coached some more JV basketball there. Um, from BFA Fairfax, uh, my now wife and I, we moved back down this way. Uh, we were living in Morrisville at the time. So we moved back down this way. And I actually got into a school that was in the school district that I'm in now, but in a town called Braintree, a little one hallway elementary school. You could, you know, you could throw a baseball down the hallway and, and hit the gym. It was, it's that small. Um, didn't do any coaching at Braintree because uh, what they do, that you know, all those age groups are, rec sports and youth sports. Um, but I did find my way into another school while being at Braintree as a part-time athletic director at a school called Tumbridge Central School, which serves uh, kindergarten through eighth grade. And there my jobs were, you know, running three, four, five, six, and uh, seventh, eighth uh, grade basketball uh, because they only ran soccer and basketball. And I came there in the winter and that was kind of my first introduction into building schedules for a team, um, finding teams to play, finding coaches, um, scheduling bus times. Uh, that was my first experience with that. The busing was always spot on. Um, co finding coaches was never, never is an easy task. It still isn't an easy task, no matter where you go. Um, and, you know, that was my first, also my first go at kind of running events solely on my own. And, you know, I, I had some interesting experiences with that, you know, even to my surprise, even in fifth and sixth grade basketball, you will find some parents that can get pretty unruly and they won't be your biggest fan. And, and they'll let you know that they're not your biggest fan. No. And it, it was interesting, but it still didn't deter me because, you know, I, I have a bigger goal in mind. My, everything I do is really kid oriented and, and providing for student athletes and making sure that they have role models and mentors um, to uh, show them the way, right way to carry themselves on and off the court. And then from there, um, funny enough that a former athletic director from Randolph went over to a school called Williamstown and uh, he was the principal there. And 
he was looking for an elementary school PE teacher. Never taught PE a day in my life. Didn't go to school to teach PE as we discussed, uh, but I'm pretty well-rounded with sports. He's like, hey, you wanna come teach PE for me? I was like, sure, why not? I got a kid on the way, I could use some extra money. Um, so I you know, went over, interviewed with him and uh, he gave me the job and I taught um, kindergarten through fifth grade PE for one year at the elementary school. And then uh, the high school lost their PE teacher and I wasn't doing any coaching at this point. Um, I had, that had all taken a back burner. My wife was, was doing some coaching. So I took a step back. Um, so they lost the, the high school PE teacher and, um, the principal, uh, he asked me, do you want to go teach high school PE? And I said, no, <laughs> I, was, I said, the only reason I would want to go up to that high school is because I would have my own office, uh, and that's not enough to get me up there. I like to work with these younger age groups. Um, they're they're kind of easier for me to manage in a sense. Um, and about two weeks before the school year started, I got an email from the principal. He said, guess what? You're a new high school PE teacher. I was like, okay, guess that I'm the high school PE teacher. Um, and that was, so that was the 2019, 2020 school year. Um, so, as we know what happens in 2020. So that was an interesting experience uh, going up there to the high school. Yeah, it was, it was fun to work with kids that age group. You know, I, I got to offer something called an extended learning opportunity where I got to play a lot of basketball with um, the varsity boys basketball team. And that was fun to build relationships with them that way. Um, the teaching of the PE was a little more difficult, um, but from there, uh, Ran into COVID, uh, had uh, to finish out that year teaching from home. And then I spent two more years at Williamstown and then I found this job on School Spring and applied and here I am. Well, again, I always love to hear the journeys that we all take uh, and, and you're absolutely right. You said, uh, you know, when you, some people think when you graduate from high, college, you know, you're immediately going to just fall into that, uh, you know, perfect dream job. And it is a journey more often than not. Um, Want to hear a little bit more about uh, your position at Randolph. We're going to take another break, but uh, please stay with us. This is the Educational AD Podcast. This meeting is being recorded. We also want to say thanks to Gipper. Go to Gipper.com. See how athletic directors are creating incredible sports graphics in seconds for their athletes, for their teams, and their programs. Use Gipper to celebrate your athletes, promote your teams, and it's so easy to use. Even I can do it. Go to Gipper.com. Check out their templates. Make a, um, uh, a, a custom device for your program. Uh, and as we mentioned, celebrate your teams, your athletes, and your accomplishments. Your kids are on social media. Uh, and if you're not there, you need to start with Gipper. Mention that you heard about it on the podcast. They'll give you a nice get discount. That's Gipper.com. Start creating custom graphics for your school's social media channel. We also want to say thanks to Hometown Ticketing, the leading digital ticketing provider to schools and colleges. Go to hometownticketing.com. They're going to show you how to set up and sell your tickets online, um, not just for athletic events, but things like school plays, concerts, dances, even graduation. And the best part, you're going to have a dedicated client success manager every step of the way 
providing you hands-on support. That's every step of the way. Go to hometownticketing.com right now and get started. Hometown Ticketing, simple and easy online ticketing. This meeting is being recorded. Hey, welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Nick, you shared your journey that brought you to Randolph. Let's talk a little bit about your present school. Uh, you know, what were some things that attracted you to the position? What are some things that you really liked about the school or maybe something that you felt that you could have an impact on? Yeah, so being a, a alumni from Randolph, uh, it was really the goal to end up back here and to give back to the student body um, in a similar manner that was given to me. You know, I, I found a lot of good leaders here at the school when I was a student athlete. Um, so I felt that that was something that I could provide as well. And it, well, and selfishly, it also kind of fit with my home life, work life balance, because I live about 15 minutes from the school and with two kids, it, it, it can be difficult to, to find that time. So I saw it as an opportunity to come here, give back and be a true role model for um, young growing kids. Uh, and um, I wanted to, yeah, basically just be a role model and give back to people at my former school. Uh, and I didn't want to be really anywhere else other than Randolph. You know, coming back to your own school um, can be an interesting experience. You know, I tell the story uh, when I graduated from college, uh, I substitute taught for a couple of years and came back to my high school uh, as a substitute. And I remember walking in the, the, the faculty lunchroom and here's my old coaches, my old teachers. And, you know, some of them, they turn around, they go, you became a teacher. Uh, so how was that for you coming back to your high school? Yeah, it, it was definitely a, different experience you know um uh, i the people that were on my hiring panel were you know they're a couple of them were princi our principals now and they were my english teachers when i was going through school here and when i got here in the summer you know there was times i was walking down the hallway and i was like this is kind of an odd feeling am i really supposed to be in this position i used to just be a kid that walked these halls playing the sports now here i am i'm a leader of an entire athletic program working alongside individuals that used to be my teachers. And when I think about how I was at times in school, like I was kind of a pill for a little bit, right up until my junior year of high school. And um, I, I often wondered like, what do these teachers really, really think of me now? Um, do they see a responsible adult or do they see that same kind of wiry young kid that could get in trouble or, you know, might cause a ruckus in class? Um, so I kind of like, I would describe it as an imposter syndrome for a little bit. I felt as if I was in this place where I wasn't really, I didn't really belong. And it took some time to get that feeling to go away. Um, and now it's it's really seamless. I I don't look at my coworkers as my former teachers anymore, despite them being my former teachers. I look at them as my coworkers and people that I can lean on when I need advice or help because they've been in these roles and in this school for for so long. Uh, so it's it's been an interesting but a fun experience working um, in this capacity with people that used to be 
my teachers and, you know, oversee me and make sure I was doing the right things. You know, that's a great segue into our next segment. Uh, we always ask our guests to share some of the mentors that they've had during uh, their career. Certainly none of us get to where we're at on our own. So who are some of the people that helped you along the way? I'm guessing that might include one or two of your, uh, you know, current uh, coworkers. Uh, I, so one, one person that is not here um, that would be a role model that was, was uh, that did work here was an athletic director that he dedicated 30 plus years to this school. Um, his name's Bruce Viennes. I actually, I think he lives in, well, actually, I shouldn't disclose where he lives. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, but his name is Bruce Viennes. He, he, about 33 years, I want to say he worked here. He was a history teacher, uh, a basketball coach, a soccer coach, and the athletic director. And at the time, being an AD here, it was not a full-time gig, despite having full-time work as an athletic director. Um, and he was the type of individual that wasn't afraid to give you a kick in the pants when you needed it. And as I described myself as a pill, you know, I was a kid that I needed to be kicked in the pants sometimes. And, you know, he showed me the ropes of like, he was the one that could be firm, but he could also be soft with you. Like, let you know, like the way you're acting is unacceptable, but at the same time, he wouldn't give you a hug, but he's the type of person that if you wanted a hug, he'd give you a hug and he'd let you know, it's, you know, it's okay. You know, we all make mistakes and then he'd lead you down the, the right path. And I've all, I always really looked up to him. And actually one conversation that really sticks out with me is my freshman year at college, I came back the first week, uh, the first weekend of, uh, I was at Castleton. I came back, there was a, a soccer game going on here. I was like, well, I'm not far removed. I want to see my old buddies playing soccer. So I'll go and check out the game. And there was Bruce, you know, doing his thing. He was sitting in his lawn chair, running the, the soccer clock. Uh, Cause we didn't have a dedicated person like we do now doing it. And I was having a conversation when he asked me what I was doing in college. I told him sports administration and he just kind of cracked a joke. He's like, Oh yeah. You want me to hold down the position for you until I, until you graduate. I was like, yeah, sure. And from that moment I had decided, I was like, I will end up back at Randolph and I will give back like, like Bruce has given back. Um, so that would be one role model that came from this school. Um, another one, uh, his name is Larry Bale. Um, he was a, a former tennis pro and he ran the boys and girls club in, in Randolph. Um, and I was a kid that frequented the boys and girls club. My, my mom, I, I basically grew up in a single parent household. My mom worked long hours, like, especially in the fall, I, you know, 12 hour days. And uh, so I would go to the, I'd go to the boys and girls club quite often. And he also ran sports camps and uh, you know, he ran tennis, basketball, soccer, uh, funny enough, no baseball. Uh, but at this time I'm about nine in between nine and 12. And again, I was a pill, pretty wiry kid, lots of energy and, you know, didn't always respond to authority the way I should have responded. And he would, he would kick me out of programs. He would kick me out. And then, you know, maybe a day or two would go past because I was being, you know, I was being difficult. And then he would bring me into the boys and girls club in his office. We would have a conversation about like the way I was behaving and why he removed me from those programs. And then he would every time let me back into those camps, you know, so I'd miss a couple of days of the camps 
then he would bring me back into the days to the back into the camps. Um, and, you know, these were also camps that cost money. Um, and never once did he charge me to go to one of these camps. He always let me go for free, not on a scholarship basis. He just let me attend them and he let me participate in them. And he just looked at the way I think about it is like he looked at me as a kid who needed something. He provided something for me. And uh, so pretty important guy right there. Hey, again, uh, just like I uh, love to hear the stories, I, I love to hear the mentors and, uh, you know, the expression. I think all of us had that person that uh, had to kick us in the butt a couple of times, uh, uh, probably more than a couple of times for me uh, growing up. For listeners, uh, our guest once again is Nicholas Bent. He's the director of athletics at Randolph Union High School. And that's in Randolph, Vermont. We're going to take another break. I know that's uh, shocking to our regular listeners, but uh, we're going to be back with some more. So please stay with us. This is the Educational AD Podcast. This meeting is being recorded. We want to thank our newest sponsor, District One, for their support. Go to districtone.com. That's W-O-N. And you're going to feel like you've won. Check out their custom uniforms and their shipping in less than 20 days. And here's the best part. You can order individual pieces. You'll never have to order a full set of uniforms again when you only need one or two replacement sets. Go to districtone.com. Click on the team gear uh, icon and uh, get your free quote. Districtone.com. We also want to say thanks to Sideline Interactive indoor score tables and video boards. Go to sidelineinteractive.com, schedule a live web demo, and see their tables and their boards in action. Probably one of the best purchases I ever made as an AD was my Sideline Interactive indoor scoring table. Go to sidelineinteractive.com right now, schedule that live web demo, sidelineinteractive.com. And we want to say thanks to Huddle. Go to Huddle.com, change the way you see the game. As a football coach, I used Huddle for years. But when I became an athletic director, I made sure our school was a Huddle school. And our coaches just loved the tools that Huddle provided to them uh, so that they could coach their kids at their highest possible level. At Huddle, we believe in sports and teams believe in Huddle. Join the 6 million users. Turn your school into a huddle school. This meeting is being recorded. Welcome back, everyone. We're visiting today with Nick Bent, who's the athletic director at Randolph Union High School in Vermont. Nick and I connected when I was speaking at the Vermont Athletic Directors Conference. Also taught a couple of LTI courses up there. Uh, Nick uh, we always like to let our guests share where they are at with their own NIAAA and their state association journey. So uh, what's going on with you and, and your journey with uh, the leadership training program? Yeah, so um, I'm working on my RAA right now. I've done, uh, L I think, LTI 501 and 503. Um, I did the 503 at the Vermont State Athletic Director uh, conference. Um, so I just have 502 to do, which I actually have my purchase order in so that I can go and knock it out. Um, I actually discovered the NIAAA um, last year when I was um, helping out um, uh, TJ Powers at Williamstown. Um, I was like, well, I'm getting kind of involved in the athletic director stuff. So 
what's a way that I can boost my resume? And I started Googling athletic director stuff and I'll pop pop the NIAAA and I was like, ooh, that's kind of cool. Let's see what kind of courses I can take. And uh, I didn't take any at that time, but as soon as I got into Randolph, I, I went back to the NIAAA and I started signing up for courses and I, I'm just so hungry to learn and and provide the best opportunity for the student athletes and i feel like continuing my education in any way possible that involves sports and managing uh sports it, it was the best practice so i'm you know i'm going to continue you know i do have a goal to eventually go to the cmaa but you know we got to take those steps we got to do the raa first and the caa um but eventually we'll get there it'll take a little bit of time but we'll knock it out oh no absolutely uh you know, you mentioned 503. Uh, I, I think it's a really cool course. Back in the day when I got started with the NIAAA, uh, 503 didn't exist. Um, and it split off from 502, which, uh, you know, that, that textbook was about, you know, four inches thick. Uh, I've since taken 503 and it's a really, is a really cool course. What uh, maybe one or two things from that course uh, really, um stuck out for you like you know wow i'm taking this back to my school right away oh you know it, it this was back in march i'd have to go back to my notes you really uh, i know i put you on the spot okay uh anything uh, stick out from that presentation it's going to come back to you <laughs> uh nothing in particular i just remember you know chris uh langevin was the one who who did the course the uh, former ad over at harwood and he was a great instructor and he made it really easy to understand what we were talking about. And we kind of bounced ideas off. We got to this point in the class where we were bouncing ideas off of each other. And it was just nice to really kind of connect with the other athletic directors and see how they're operating in their world at their schools. Um, but nothing in particular really jumps out from the course. Um, but it, all the courses are, are valuable for sure. Well, let's go and take a, a moment to, to talk about the certification process. You know, as you mentioned, you know, you've got one more course to uh, complete to um, uh, achieve the registered athletic administrator status. Then you'll have a few more to take uh, to be eligible to sit for the CAA, the Certified Athletic Administrator exam. Uh, in, in a perfect world, you could maybe uh, knock those out and take the exam this coming December, uh, when you come down to Orlando, Florida, for the <laughs> national conference, and uh, we could connect, I could give you some ideas about your CMA project. So, again, if you're listening, um, all of this information is at the NIAAA website. Uh, just go to the main, uh, the main homepage, uh, look across the uh, banner, and there's professional development tabs, certification tabs. Scroll down, find the information. If you have questions, contact your state's certification coordinator. Every state has one. Or if you're really desperate, you know, shoot me an email at Jake's Touchdown. Uh, I was on the certification committee for a couple of years at the national level. I think I could probably answer any questions you might have. But start with your state coordinator first. For our listeners, uh, once again, our guest today is Nick Bent. He's the director of athletics at Randolph Union uh, High School in Vermont. We're going to take another break, but we're coming back with some more. This is the Educational AD Podcast. This meeting is being recorded. We also want to say thanks to our good friends at Snap Mobile. Snap Mobile is the parent company of an entire suite of platforms designed to help you do your job better. 
You've got Snap Connect, Snap Store, Snap Manage, Snap Sponsor, and of course, there's Snap Raise, the fundraising platform. We use Snap Raise at our school with great success, and so can you. They even have a program where you can get your funding before you actually start your fundraiser. I don't think anybody else offers that. Go to snapraise.com. Check out the entire suite that Snap Mobile provides. That's snapraise.com. We also want to say thank you to Vital Signs Wall of Fame. You know, they're on a mission to bring your school's legacy to life. If you're looking for a really cool way to display your school record boards or your school's Hall of Fame, or simply tell more compelling stories to your stakeholders, go to vitalsignswalloffame.com. Check out their great products. And then when you're ready to buy, go to vitalsignswalloffame.com slash Jake, and you'll get a nice discount. That's vitalsignswalloffame.com. Let them help you bring your school's legacy to life. This meeting is being recorded. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Nick, one of the things we try to do with the podcast is this idea of sharing best practices. So I'm going to put you on the spot again. What are some things that you do with your program at Randolph Union that you're particularly proud of and that you would like to share with our listeners as best practices? Um, I would say one of my biggest and best practices is trying to build connections between um, my high school level programs and my middle school level programs, even on down to um, the community level of our rec programs. Um, so I encourage my high school coaches to invite the middle school athletes to come to a practice with them so that they can, one, get to know the coach and also build relationships with some kids there are a little bit older than them that they may not interact with in school on a day-to-day -day basis. So they can start to build a relationship and a bond on the team earlier so that when they do get onto those JV or varsity level um, programs that they have a connection and their team chemistry is a little bit better. Um, they know what to expect from their coaching. Um, and it just makes the transition transition a little bit easier. As for like the connection between our, our rec department and, and my high school, it's kind of the same idea. I want to build this, you know, build this bridge between the, you know, the young kids and the older kids. And I want to see the, I want the young kids to see these older kids kind of as role models and how they should be carrying themselves as they start to come up through those different age groups and uh, get further involved in, in athletics. And I think about the times when I was a, a varsity athlete here, we uh, ran a Saturday basketball program. It, you know, it was put on by our athletic director, but it was on the student athletes to run the practice that Saturday. So you're working with kids from second grade up to sixth grade. And uh, then you have high school juniors and seniors that are running a practice for these kids, kind of building a connection, strengthening um, the community uh, uh, in the overall, not just in the school, but the, in the surrounding towns, because this school pulls from um, one, two, three, about four, four towns or so. Um, so it's important to build those. I feel it's important to build those connections with those. And then uh, another practice I would say is being visible. Um, you know, a lot, a lot of the times, 
you know, my wife's like, you don't need to go into school that early. You know, you don't have to be there at, I'm, and I don't even look at it that early. I'm here at 8.30, you know, after drop off for my kid at school and drop off for my, my, my youngest kid at daycare. I get here around 8.30 and she's like, well, you're going to be there late anyway. I was like, I know, but I like to walk through the halls and interact with the kids and talk to them, see how their day is going, check in on an event. You know, if they're like, if they're a kid that does Taekwondo or something like that, that's not even a school associated thing, like, and they were testing for a belt, I want to know how that test went for their belt. Right. I think building those relationships with those kids is so extremely important. And it shows that you care and that you're human and you're not just this, you know, this top person that is overseeing athletics and you're unapproachable because, you know, you're the athletic director. I want all the kids to know I'm approachable. We can have conversations. We can be humans together. Um, so just kind of being visible in, in, you know, getting out there and talking with the kids and going to their practices, chatting with them, seeing how they're doing, you know, is, are your practices fun? Are you enjoying the game that you're playing? If you're not, what are things that we can do to help improve that? Um, so I think uh, the, just that communication and being visible for them is, is an important um, practice. Uh, it's one that I, I really, really uh, do quite often. I'm, I'm at every practice. A lot of the times, in the spring, I've got baseball, softball, and lacrosse all going at the same time in the same location. So it makes it really easy. I pop over to the softball, talk to the coaches a little bit, observe their practice, talk with some of the kids, pop over to the lacrosse field, talk with them, and then pop over to the baseball field. And it's kind of funny because they still, they, they see me approaching and, you know, I tried to get them to call me Mr. Bent, didn't fly. They call me Nick's. They they always you, I can always hear the the scuttlebutt. Uh oh, here comes Nick. Nick's coming. What'd you guys do? And, like, and I want them. I don't want them to look at me as this person's like just coming for discipline or getting them in trouble. Like I'm coming because I'm genuinely interested in what you have going on. I'm not here every time. I'm here is not to get you in trouble or or to talk to you about some issue you had in school. And I don't I don't want that to be like my face. You know. So it's funny. The lacrosse team is like the big ones on that. Every I walk over to the lacrosse field and they're like, oh, oh, here comes Nick. I'm like, oh, come on, guys. It's it's not that bad. Yeah, again, being visible, building those relationships, just uh, tremendously important. Nick, uh, we'll do this at the end of the podcast, but if one of our listeners wanted to reach out and pick your brain a little bit, find out more about your program at Randolph Union, what's the best way that they can get a hold of you? Uh, yeah, you can get a hold of me at uh, my email. Uh, my school email, nbent, B-E-N-T, at orangesouthwest.org. So orange, the color or fruit, and southwest.org. Okay. Well, Nick, this has been really cool spending some time with you again and uh, getting to know a little bit of your background. But we're not done yet. Uh, we always wrap up with the athletic director's toolbox. And uh, we're going to take our final break here from Athletic Surveys, who sponsor the toolbox. And when we come back, we're going to find out what Nicholas Bent is going to put into his new athletic director toolbox. So please stay with us. This is the Educational AD Podcast. This meeting is being recorded. We want to thank Athletic Surveys for sponsoring the AD Toolbox segment of the podcast. Athletic surveys are a quick, easy, and affordable way for you to collect comprehensive data that allows you to evaluate and improve your entire athletic program. Athletic directors 
typically only hear back from the 2% that want to complain or gripe about everything. Athletic Surveys is not only going to connect you with the 2%, but also the 98% that love and support your program. And that's a tremendously valuable piece of information to have when you're meeting with that complaining parent, your principal, or even your school board. Go to athleticsurveys.com. They're going to create a custom survey for your school that will allow you to take the pulse of your parents and your student athletes. That's athleticsurveys.com. Let them help you take your athletic program from good to great. This meeting is being recorded. Well, it's that time of the podcast. We've been visiting today with Nicholas Bent, the athletic director at Randolph Union High School in Randolph, Vermont. Um, certainly knows his way around the world of athletics, but right now I'm going to challenge him to send out a brand new AD on their very first job, but I'm only going to let him put three things in the toolbox. So Nick, what three items are going to go into your new athletic director toolbox? Um, so I'd have to say my first tool would be have flexibility. Um, in this world of athletics, there it's constantly changing, especially if you live in the Northeast and you're dealing with snow um, in the winter into the spring, you've got to be flexible because things are going to change at a moment's notice. You know, you're getting ready to head out to a game uh, and then all of a sudden the, the uh, team that you're supposed to go and play calls you and they're like, yeah, uh, there's too much or that you're, they're coming to you. There's too much snow. We can't, we can't make it like, oh, all right. Well, well now we got to find a new day to, to play. So you got to have flexibility. You got to understand that things are going to shift and they're going to change. Um, my next tool would be integrity, um, having integrity and also teaching integrity. Um, I think it's extremely important. And when you hire your coaches, look for coaches that have integrity that, so that they can pass it on to kids. And, you know, when I think about integrity, it's doing the right thing, even when nobody's looking. Um, and we, it, kids are so malleable um, and there's, they can be so prone to going the wrong direction and not having integrity. It's our jobs as adults to teach them those things and help guide them in, in what we feel is the right direction. And I think um, integrity is a good way to um, go about that. Um, and then I would say accountability. Hold your kids accountable, hold your coaches accountable, and hold yourself accountable. Um, you know, if you have a policy that says, you know, if you are um, late, if you don't show up to school uh, on a day that you're have to, supposed to have practice the day before a game, and it's an, not an excused absence, sorry, you know, you can't come to practice, which is going to mean that you're probably not playing in the next game based off of what your coach has said in their guidelines. And you can't just, you can't just change that because this is an honor roll student that's on the captain's council that oh he's just missed you know the first one it's like no this is what our policy says we have to be consistent we have to hold you accountable for the decision that you made um and same same with the coaches you know, you know if the coach messes up you have to hold them accountable you know if they're talking to a kid in a way that they shouldn't be talking to him you got to bring them into your office and and hold them accountable for those actions like that type of language is not going to fly with me. 
you cannot talk to kids that way. If there's, if there's issues, we have to find different ways to address them. And it's not screaming at kids, it's not berating kids, and it's, not, it's certainly not swearing at kids. Um, so holding your coaches, coaches accountable as, and then as well as yourself. And what I would say about holding yourself accountable is if you screw up and it has an effect on your, your coaches or your athletes, apologize to them. Um, when you apologize to a kid as an adult, that will, that will like take their breath away. They're not used to seeing, a, uh, an adult be like, Oh, well, you know what? I really messed up guys. I'm sorry. Um, I'm going to do better to not have let this happen again. And moving forward, we'll, we'll make those changes. So it doesn't happen again. So holding yourself accountable is extremely important too. Yeah. You probably saw me scribbling all those, uh, uh, tools down. Great, great stuff. And uh, you mentioned the apology. Um, probably one of the most powerful tools that you can have in your toolbox. Uh, if you screw up, you know, own it. And, you know, people really, really respect that and respect you uh, when you're able to do that. Uh, something that took me a long time to figure out. But once I did, uh, I became a much better uh, athletic director, much better person. Nick, thanks again for sharing one more time. If one of our listeners wanted to reach out, pick your brain, what's the best way they can get a hold of you? Yeah, through my email, um, nbent, B-E-N-T, at orangesouthwest.org. Okay. Nicholas Bent, uh, Randolph Union High School. Thanks again for sharing with us today on the Education Lady Podcast and all the best moving forward in your career and at the school. Thank you very much. This was an awesome experience. I, I really appreciate you giving me this opportunity. Oh, absolutely. You, you did a great job. For our listeners, we do this just about every day, and we upload the Zoom recordings to the uh, Educational Lady Podcast YouTube channel. We appreciate you listening. Come back uh, for another great interview and just about every day for new content on the Educational Lady Podcast. We'll see you next time.